The Wraparound with Grace, Alessia, and Marjorie. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to another episode of The Wraparound. We have lots of things to talk about today. Well, okay, I'm not going to say lots, but we do have a, quite a few things to talk about on this week's show. Um, you know, finally, we have the winner of the Stanley Cup. We have some things looking into the next season, some free agency specul- speculation, so lots and lots of exciting things to talk about. So we're just going to get right into it, as always, and start off with our Stanley Cup champions, the Tampa Bay Lightning. So for once on the show, okay, maybe not for once, but our first big prediction has finally come true. Hi, we didn't Hi. jinx it. Prediction came true. We yeah, don't we have to buy t-shirts, to... Grace. <laughs> we don't have to buy t-shirts anymore. <laughs> and so, the Tampa Bay Lightning went against the Dallas Stars in Game 6. I think, I mean, there's a reason why Tampa won. I think they've obviously just dominated that series against Dallas. I think it was a good, a pretty good back and forth. But once again, Tampa's big boy showed up, so Braden Point got scored a goal, Nikita Kucherov and Victor Hedman each got an assist each. And Dallas couldn't really get their um, offense going. They only got 22 shots on goal, which is not that many. I mean, compared to Tampa, who got 29 shots on goal, um, but still, it's probably not as much as they probably would have hoped for. And speaking of a Game 6 win, last week, I'm pretty sure we all predicted that uh, Tampa would win in six games and plus we predicted me and grace especially predicted the winner of this beautiful stanley cup yeah alessia a couple weeks before (laughs) i like to be different (laughs) very different (laughs) yeah (laughs) because dallas was not good in game six thank you uh hockey gods for not making the jinx of our show true uh sorry guys we're just we're super um surprised that we actually we actually did that i'm not because i've been rooting for them since the beginning (laughs) but the rest of us are scared that something went right (laughs) (laughs) not many things go right here so it's always nice (laughs) and so since they won obviously they had their celebration it's quite different from what we usually see especially due to these circumstances so tampa decided to have a boat parade and then they had a second celebration at raymond james stadium last night with socially distant pod seating if you went to that i want to i want to yeah we're gonna if you went to that (laughs) so let's look at it because at first during the day they had that boat parade and i was like okay that looks all right they're on their boats everybody's like there's like thousands of people away from them then they said that they were going to be socially distancing at night. I don't know if you guys saw on Twitter the pictures of fans going right up to the players, drinking out of the Stanley Cup, no masks, no nothing. I, I don't think that was socially distant. I don't like, think at all. it was socially distancing. The no. fact that the organization was like, okay, we're going to put our players who make millions of dollars a year on a boat away from all this coronavirus rampant Florida, but make them all stand in a pack of a thousand people in the bay yeah that sounds like a good thing to do like Like, it just basically contradicts everything like 
They decided to have a boat parade because of the circumstances, yet they still had allowed people to come close to them and interact with them. That like that that literally makes absolutely no sense. That defeats the purpose of having a boat parade. You might as well just had a regular celebration, a regular parade in the streets with a bus. And so I think what happened was while they were on the stage, they were in like what what did you say? Like pod seating. Yeah, where everybody like pod was dissing. seating. Yeah, and then after that, it was just absolute chaos because there were so many pictures of fans like taking picture with the guys. Nobody's wearing masks or anything, and it's just like, what what happened? Because like already people were talking about it. Is are the Tampa Bay Lightning gonna have like you know like that traditional Stanley Cup parade or like what's gonna happen? Because it's in Florida, and we've all seen how Florida has been dealing with the pandemic. So, like, I mean, I AKA they haven't. Company. Yeah, yeah. I mean, what what did they expect? Like, did nobody see the way that they were viewing Game Six? Like, they, it was like nothing had ever happened in the world. It was just a regular viewing party outside, you know, no masks, a bunch of buds having fun. That's not <laughs> obviously the ideal situation, and I don't know what the organization was expecting um out of this celebration i don't know if they thought that people would actually listen and participate responsibly but my My question my favorite thing in the entire world is going to be the news release that says eighteen thousand coronavirus cases tied to the stanley cup Cup celebration celebration. i would love if they could actually like take a swab of the actual stanley cup and see if it has coronavirus (laughs) where's the corona Because at this point, I don't know how many people have touched that cup. And so my question for you guys was, is it really sending the right message after all the, me- after all the measures and procedures they went through in the bubble to not interact with fans? I feel like it defeats everything that they, that they stood for in the bubble, if that makes any sense. I, okay, I think the bubble was great for every other player and every other team except the Tampa Bay Lightning. <laughs> because nobody else is sick. And that makes me happy. Yeah. That that entire team is about to just go down the drain. Especially right before yeah. they go home to their families. It's so A lot of them stupid. have young kids. Exactly. Like, and they've already reunited with their girlfriends. And most of their girlfriends, like wives and girlfriends, were already there. Like, it makes no sense to me. It's, it's, it's very, very dumb. I hate the I, whole thing. I feel like um, if it were anywhere but Florida, maybe, like, it could have been better. But just the whole fact that is in Florida, and I think everybody just knows how notorious they are for not following the rules and not doing things right at this not, very moment. Not even. I don't think that at all. Imagine bringing the Stanley Cup back to Toronto. I'm saying one of the very few places. I feel like there's other places that it could have been better. I'm not including Toronto in that because that also would have been complete chaos and I would have. Uh, cried because then we would be stuck in here for another 7,000 years. I think at this rate, you give anybody the excuse to party, we're all so tired, <laughs> they're just gonna do it. I think it just looks bad on the organization because, like, it I does. think everybody, like, as a fan in the NHL, is complaining about this except for Tampa Bay fans because obviously they're partying and having a good time. Mm-hmm. But yeah, Either I just want to give a, a big old shout out to the Tampa Bay fans who did stay home. Yeah, and didn't that, go to this disaster. Who actually want to survive and see yeah. next year. <laughs> Thank you for that. <laughs> yeah, so uh, I don't know what the NHL should do with that. I don't know what Tampa should do with that. I don't know what the players should really do with that. I think I think it was a really dumb thing for them to allow themselves to participate in. I know that there's, 
I know that they're excited and they're happy that they won. Like, I, I don't blame them for being happy and wanting to celebrate. But I feel like, I feel like they could have done it in a different way. I feel like maybe they should have just done it with their families, um, with their fans virtually. Like, who cares if you can't see your fans? It, it, they're still they're still cheering on for you, and they're still as happy as they would be if they were in person. So. Like, even know. if they if they didn't do it virtually, at least, like, okay, whoever's allowed in the area where there's a stage needs to be wearing a mask. Like, like little things like that, because... And have a limit. Like, yeah, Just little too. things, like little rules. Like, there was an area where the, where the players came off the stage and they were walking, and there was kind of, like, the gates or whatever where fans were, and they were just, like, everybody was crammed together. There must have been, like... I don't know how many people wearing masks, not a lot. And you're just looking at that like, what what the heck is going on here? So yeah, I it's it's gonna be interesting to see how many people test positive if uh or if any of the players test positive, especially with all the spreading of germs that they did with that cup on everybody's mouths. So <laughs> it'll be very interesting to see. And we'll probably give you an update next week and see how Florida <laughs> is doing down there. I'm raging about it. Mm. I'm already mad about it. And it'll just, it'll just get worse from here. <laughs> okay, so moving on or else we're going to speak about this forever because we're very passionate about wearing masks here. <laughs> just please wear your mask. I don't want to get sick and stay home and not get any money from my job. Thank you. <laughs> so, speaking of bubbles and procedures and precautions we're gonna take a look into next season's supposed system supposed system that they have in place for the 2021 2022 season so the nhl is starting to plan for that season regarding their bubbles it's reported they're looking at using four to six bubbles particularly in cities where fans are allowed to enter the arena I hate all of this. So Ugh. I hate it. So okay, let much. me. Okay, let me just let me just continue. Okay, so the concept would see players on a rotation, spending two weeks inside the bubble, and then one week at home with their families before re-entering. So teams would play roughly twelve games per month. At least one would be in Canada, with the talks of an all-Canadian division in the works. That's the only part that I like about this. Yes. Yeah, I was going to say the same thing. So let's circle back <laughs> to that very important point about the fans being allowed in the arenas. So my question was, would that affect the streak of zero positive cases they had for the entirety of the 2019-2020 season? And I think we can all agree with, with saying, yes, it probably will. I think it'd be very hard to, to keep zero positive cases because you don't know who's sick and who's not you don't know who has like symptoms or who doesn't and who's asymptomatic but can still spread it it's i think it's a ridiculous idea i think i know that like they want to keep the normality and like at least slowly bring fans back but the prime example is the nfl you see how they some teams are allowing fans into these stadium and they have so-called like social distancing measures, but it's they're still incredibly close to one another. And some of them choose to wear masks, some don't. It's it's silly to me. It's silly. If fans are going to be allowed in the arena, there's going to have to be so many measures put in place in order for it to run smoothly. It's just 
I don't know, it's definitely going to affect the streak of zero positive cases. And I understand the NHL, like, you know, they want to get fans back in the arena because obviously fans miss going to the arena, watching their team play. And it's also a big part of the NHL trying to make some of the money that they've lost back. But like, is it a risk that they should be taking? Uh, I don't know. My thing is like, I, if I ever got the chance to go to a socially distanced NHL game, I wouldn't. Because when I'm out, the only place I really feel safe, and like safe has big quotations around it, is in my little plexiglass bubble at work, where I'm like closed off from everybody else. And I don't see it making sense. Like you don't, you obviously don't need fans there, apart from the whole money situation. But like there's ways to, there's ways around that. And there's also so many legal things that would have to get, uh, like be put in place for fans to even be allowed in stadiums not only do you have to probably most likely make fans sign kind of a waiver or agree to a waiver that they're not like the stadium or the the team or the league is not responsible for did you guys see that from ryerson the waiver that we had to sign to go back on campus did you guys get that yes where it was like hey you might get coronavirus but it's not our fault but we're not responsible so it's all (laughs) on you if you get sick and die so that's the kind of thing that they'd have to sign is the whole like really surreal contract it's like yeah good luck yeah if you get sick you get sick and if you don't then then you're lucky but don't blame us when you when you're on when you're in bed like dying of a cough so that's another thing that comes to mind when when they like entertain the idea of like possibly having fans there's just so many things that need to be done you have to you have to socially distance the seats you have to like do all those measurements all those calculations spend a lot of time um doing those things there needs to be like barriers put in place in the washrooms in the in the like when you go to buy food there's just so many things i feel like at the end of the day you probably spend more money uh, doing those things than trying to win back the money by only bringing a limited amount of fans in, if that makes any sense, if you guys know what I mean. Yeah, I it's was just, thinking that as well. Yeah. Yeah, it's just, I feel like it's kind of silly. I think they did so well with not having fans. Of course, the players miss it and it's a big part of the game, but I don't think you should risk your players, especially if they're going to be on rotation and then go one week back home so you don't want any extra risk for them going back to their families I think that's also kind of silly so like I'm okay with the one week at home I think I think the players probably deserve it after all they had to endure and like I know it's not the hardest thing in the world compared to what everybody else is going through in the world but uh, being away from your family and your loved ones obviously does take a toll on you mentally and obviously that leads to poor physical performance. So I understand why the NHL wants to put that in place, but it's hard to make sure the players can go back safely when you have complete strangers around them cheering, uh, possibly, you know, getting close to reporters that are then contaminated. It's just like, it's just like a little line that just keeps on going down and down and down. It's like a domino effect. It's, it's really hard to predict. I just think like, I'm okay with, all of it it's fine except for the fans going in but it's like you guys have money do whatever you want we can't stop you um but it's they just have to stay on top of testing like they did so testing every day 
I, I mean, I think we can all ag- agree on how an amazing of a job the NHL did on, you know, on their plan to get, like, everybody back in play and, like, everybody safe. I think they've been the prime example of a sports organization or a sports league that clearly knows what they're doing and basically pre-planning is always way to go you know pre-planning as much as beforehand as you can I think that proves to always uh, be the key to any situation such as this one Um, we always talk about how poorly the the MLB handled it Um, the NBA did also kind of a good job at it the NFL I don't really watch the NFL, but seeing fans in stadiums always freaks me out now. No, the NFL is the notification you get from Sportsnet on your phone once a day that's like, this team has 12 positive positive <laughs> cases. And you're like, oh, cool. Surprise, <laughs> surprise. <laughs> and so, I don't know. I mean, it'll be interesting to see, especially if they can do that all-Canadian division. I think oh, that'd be, that'd be that'd so be good. So cool. That would actually be really cool. That'd be so cool. I think that'd be super fun to see, like, just games between the Canadian teams. I think we all enjoy seeing those, especially just because a lot of Canadian teams are filled with so many phenomenal players, and to see them battle out against one another is really, really cool. Um, It'd be interesting to see where they would put that city, though. Would they either put it in the East Coast or the West Coast? Probably the West Coast, I'm saying. I think it really depends where cases are this time because I don't think anybody wants to put anyone in Toronto right now. But yeah, um, I don't think Toronto to- Torontonians want to be in Toronto right now. So no. But then no. again, would there be more than one bubble in Canada? Yeah. So but- they said they're saying at least one will be in Canada. So like basically all of them could be in Canada. Like some, like half of them could be in Canada, but at least one. Will be in One Canada. <laughs> It'll, it's difficult because obviously Canada still has a lot of um, restrictions put in place for the border, which I'm very okay with. Canada, the Canadian government, please continue doing that. And uh, don't let our American friends in just yet. Maybe in a couple years. Thank you. <laughs> friends, thank you for being so nice about it. <laughs> and so... Um, yeah, so depending to see, like, how many they put in Canada will be interesting and how they divide. So, yeah, depending on where they put it, it'll be very interesting to see. And, I mean, I love keeping hockey in Canada. I mean, that's, I guess, the Canadian in me. <laughs> I just like keeping any hockey viewing in the Canadian time and not a weird American time zone. Is it time? Yes, yes, yes. It's time again. I love it. My favorite part of every week. It's time for the way. I, you know, yeah, every time I think of the way, I need like a harmony, like the way, the way, the way. Something like that. That's That's what I, that's what it's going to be. I had to pull that out of the, out of the audio and just use that every week. Okay. So the way is, do you think Lundquist will sign with another team or retire? So, Alessia, as always, our results keeper, what are our results? So, the polls are still up right now, so they're still going on till the 
numbers could change, but on Instagram, 62% of people said that he will probably sign with another team. And 38% said that he will likely retire or he will retire. On Twitter, it's the complete opposite. 37% said he would sign and 63% said he would retire. I have input. (laughs) Okay. What is it? Okay. Uh, Somebody replied to our Twitter poll with this too. I don't remember their name. Um, Yeah, I saw that too. Yes. They said that he would retire Shout out to whoever in North you are. America. Yes. <laughs> uh, they said he would retire in North America and then go sign and play. Yeah, I also, so I also... I agree with that Sweden? one. Sweden? Yeah. Do, do you like how I couldn't come up with the word Europe for a minute there? <laughs> I was like... <laughs> yeah, I actually put that in my notes. From? <laughs> I had put that if he... Like, I thought oh, it was a really interesting thing too. Yeah, no, I said, like, if he doesn't sign in the NHL, it's likely that he could sign potentially in, like, the Swedish league in Europe. Because we've seen a lot yeah. of players now, like, some of the North American leagues, such as, like, the AHL, they still don't know exactly, like, 100% what's going on. We're seeing a lot of, pro- like, prospects being loaned to Europe. So it's like, mm-hmm. if he doesn't sign in the NHL, he could potentially go on to Europe to start playing sooner. Yeah. I thought it was a really interesting point. I know I know that a lot of big name players usually do that. Um, didn't Yamir Yager also go to Europe? So he like yeah, I think so. He like I'm retired sure. from the NHL and then he went to play somewhere in Europe. I I don't know where. So whoever said that, you bring up an excellent point because I had never thought about that until you actually said it, and I thought that was probably. I think that's a really likely. Um, like scenario for Lundqvist I think that'd probably be one of his best options Um, so moving on from that I was going to ask what team do you think would be the best fit for him and now I'm speaking NHL wise who do you think would actually want um, to get him because he is 38 I believe so who would actually want to invest money in him and who do you think would probably benefit the most from having him because we all know that he didn't have the best season i mean there's there's like very few teams and the only teams i'm looking at are teams who have older goalies moving out such as washington and they could potentially sign lundquist to like a very short term not as much money contract because i think he was making i think i have it written down before he got bought bought out he was making 8.5 million dollars a year that's not gonna that's not going to happen if a team yeah. signs him. So I was thinking of Washington because we know Brain Holtby is likely um, on his way out. They have Ilya Samsonov, who's a young goalie who's probably going to be given starting goaling responsibilities. So he could act as like a role model to him. And then you look at Dallas because obviously if Lundqvist signs with a team, he wants to kind of go to like a contending team because he wants to win a Stanley Cup. So if you look at Dallas and Anton Hudobin, he's likely – asking for a pay raise whether or not Dallas is going to give him that pay raise we don't know so they're going to be left with Ben Bishop and they also have a young prospect uh, Jake Odinger Otinger I I don't know if I'm pronouncing that correctly I'm pretty sure you are (laughs) hopefully Uh, he's a former first round pick in 2017 but if he's not ready to make the jump to the NHL they might be looking for another goalie so that could be another option 
I don't see with teams, it's like a Marc-Andre Fleury situation with teams getting rid of these older goalies. I don't see him signing anywhere because everybody's looking for younger goalies. That's another great point. So yeah, like even these even everybody. these teams, like you said, Washington, Dallas, they, they aren't going to sign Henrik Lundqvist because, like, what do they get out of it? They get a year of a contract. Sure, it extends their goalie search, but he's not going to help them this year. No. So yeah, it, I think just, if, it doesn't make any sense. I think if, if they bring him in, it's mainly going to be to kind of mentor the younger goalies they have, and it's not going to be an amazing contract, which is probably why maybe Lundqvist is looking more to Europe because he'll probably get paid the big bucks there and actually have a decent role like on a team. Yeah, that's because that, that's exactly what I was going to say. Like if if he wants to stay in the NHL, I'm sure he can, but one, he's not going to be getting paid the money that he's used to seeing. And two, he's not going to be playing a lot of games. He'll be he'll be probably obviously the number 2 goalie on that team. Um and even then, he probably won't be seeing a lot of games. And so it's, it's a hard situation. If he retires, I think he can be very happy with his situation and proud of the career that he had because I think we all know that he, was, he is a great goaltender. And um, it's sad to see that the Rangers bought him out. But, I mean, if he goes to Europe, that would also be a great situation for him. He's back home you know, still playing the game that he loves, still earning a reasonable amount of money, um, but there's not as much pressure as him as there would be in the NHL because I'm sure people still expect a lot out of him if he still continues playing in the NHL. Yeah, like, I I don't see him, like, fully retiring from hockey. I could potentially see him, like, retiring from, like, the NHL and moving to Europe and playing there. But even if he does retire, I'm sure he'll definitely be able to come back, whether that's with the Rangers or not, as kind of like a goalie coach or working within Mm -hmm. a team's organization because, you know, he's had an amazing career and he can definitely help out an organization developing goalies. Yeah, his his skills are are very, very valuable. They, you know, he might not be playing and using them, but he could be using them in different ways. And I'm sure lots of teams would want that from someone like him so it'll be interesting to see what comes out of the situation who he signs with and if the person who sent us a tweet on twitter was correct (laughs) and um we can shout them out next episode but we'll have to wait and see and so speaking once again of lots of free agency like brayden holpe and teams looking for players and players on the market we're gonna have a little segment a free agency speculation, which I always love to talk about. So we're gonna start off. Dancing, I promise. <laughs> Grace is in her monotone vo- voice. I promise I am happy. <laughs> so we're gonna start off with the Philadelphia Flyers with their defenseman Shane Gosh Despair. I feel and- like we talk about him four seven. <laughs> yeah, all the time. Every, every time we're talking about pe- players who are going to get traded, he's always on the list. Even in February when we had the radio <laughs> show, we're talking about him all the time and nothing ever happened. He's just one of those players, I feel like, that is just always kind of available. But now he is officially available for trade and he has three years left on his seven-year contract, which he signed in 2017. And that contract has an annual value of $4.25 million. 
In this past season before everything happened, he played only 42 games due to injury, but his average ice time is 18 minutes and 18 seconds. So I think everybody knows that Shane Gostaspare is a really good defenseman. Um, You know, I wouldn't say he's like golden, but I wouldn't say he's awful. I think he's just a good defenseman. I think he's just right there in between great and like mediocre, if you know what I mean. Yeah. It's not like, I don't think a lot of people are always seeking him out, but I think when they know he's available, I think it would be a good grab for any team looking for a defenseman. Yeah, I think if teams are looking for like a decent like defenseman who can play like decently big minutes, because I think he was playing what average ice time was around 18 minutes, just over 18 minutes for him. And the contract's not too bad. It's just you have to look at his injuries and how that's going to be a factor in the future. But yeah, let's see if something actually does happen because I feel like we've been talking about <laughs> him moving for like about a year now. So I'm, I mean, I, I think at this point he kind of deserves it because clearly uh, Philadelphia does not want him anymore. They're <laughs> always willing to trade him and just willing to give him up. So I feel like he probably deserves a fresh start somewhere else um maybe someone who's not going to be constantly putting him (laughs) on the top block but um it'll be nice to see where he fits in if someone does finally get him if he's finally off of our list so we can stop kind of speaking about it but until then I think we're gonna we're gonna keep a close eye on that one then next we're gonna talk about our beloved, well, me and Grace's beloved Maple Leafs. This one is near and dear to my heart because <laughs> it's defenseman Cody Cece, and he's going to explore the market. Thank so, God. You know, I think happiness is an understatement when I read <laughs> to describe the situation. <laughs> I do not... Nor have I ever hated anybody. I strongly dislike or dislike. Cody CC is one of those people I just dislike because he's not that great, in my opinion. And as we all know, we're very biased on this show <laughs> and very opinionated. So, and we like to <laughs> critique our own teams. So, exactly. <laughs> so, Cody CC signed a one year, $4.5 million contract with the Leafs after leaving the Ottawa Senators last year. He only managed to get a goal and seven uh, assists. Cody CC is not good. And so that's exactly what I said. I said, big surprise, he's no bueno. I know. I was going to ask you, can you tell, can you say what you wrote in the brackets? Because I laughed when I saw that. He no good. No okay? bueno. He no bueno, especially over 56 games. And he had an average ice time of 20 minutes and 32 seconds. Like, I know it's not a defenseman's main job to score goals and get assists, but it would be nice to have a defenseman who can actually do something on the ice. So. Holy. She said everything. I don't need to say anything else. So, the Leafs only have $6.106 million left in cap space. And defenseman uh, Travis Dermott and winger Ilya Mikheyev are RFAs who are in need of new contracts. And then there's obviously the speculation of Dear Petrangelo considering stop it going to the Leafs. No, I won't even consider it. I think every time a big name 
goes to the market, Leaf fans are like, yeah, we can get him. Like, let's go. Like, <laughs> I'm just like, but is it realistic? <laughs> no, is it? it's not. No, it's not. <laughs> is it? Like, I think, I think ever since we got Tavares and like we were able to get a big name, I think Leafs fans are like, well, we can get anybody. But I think every, I think people <laughs> I think have that's to. Re- what it is too. I think people have to realize not only did Tavares choose us because, like, it's home for him, he also took us, uh, took the team at a discount. Like, this is a discounted price for him. This is not what he should be. Technically- yeah, we were lucky. <laughs> yeah, like if he. This is not what he uh, should technically get paid. So. It's a hard situation for Leafs fans because I think a lot of people would love to have someone like Petrangelo because everybody just knows how good of a player he is. But do the Leafs have the money? No. But if they get rid of Cody Cece and get rid of that $4.5 million, which is a lot for someone of his caliber. For someone who isn't good. Yes, exactly. For a one-year contract. Then it'd be nice to get someone else who is actually worth that kind of money and that will actually perform the way the Leafs need a defenseman to perform. So I saw, okay, I was going to ask you guys because I saw something on Twitter and I was like, okay, this is interesting. So Cody Cece has played like big minutes with the Leafs. If you were to be to the Leafs, hey, I'll take a pay cut. So let's just say they sign him for another like one year, like $1 million contract. Do the Leafs even budge to sign him or no? No. No, he's not worth it. Okay. There's no there other way of saying it. He's not worth he's, the money. He adds, he doesn't add anything to the team. No, he yeah. stands there and does nothing. Apart from the fact that he can skate. Because I was thinking, <laughs> like, okay, you sign him to less money, but what is he really bringing to the team? Even if it nothing. is a million dollars, that million dollars could go to another defenseman that you might exactly. want to give that $4.5 million to. Exactly. That'll actually exactly. help you out. Because, like... Him getting one goal and seven assists, like Marjorie said, I'm not expecting you, like, we're not expecting a defenseman like him to go out and score, like, 10 goals, but when you're, give, when you're given 20 minutes of ice time a game, you got to put up something bigger than that. Especially so. when you're putting up 20 minutes over 56 games. Like, yeah. Like, that's just, it's, it's, it's silly to me that the Leafs like to give money to defensemen who just don't know how to play their role. Can you tell so. I've gone to my happy place? I'm not thinking about it. <laughs> Grace like, is like, every time we bring up the Leafs, Grace is like, I'm mm-hmm. over it. Do not speak to me about this anymore. Like they I have said that what I had to say. with Marinson, and now Barry's obviously probably going to leave too, so they need good. a good defenseman. The only good thing about Tyson Barry was his dog. Let's be honest. <laughs> Different conversation. We're getting carried away. We're not going to bash... Poor Tyson Berry and his family dog. I wasn't bashing his dog. I was saying his dog is the light of his tenure with the team. But Tyson Berry is his owner, so we can't disregard that fact. No, I'm not disregarding it. (laughs) I'm saying that the fact that he has a dog is the only good thing. Okay, well, hopefully we can keep the dog and not him. and And then we'll all be happy. And so... Let's move on, or else I will never stop speaking. So now we're going to go on to the Ottawa Senators. So it was reported that the Ottawa Senators are willing to give up their fifth pick in this year's draft. 
So they have three picks in the first round, four second round picks, and an overall of 13 picks over the seven rounds. And so should they realistically let that pick go, even if the right deal comes along? I think Ottawa is the type of team that they need to build younger through the draft. And we've mentioned this a whole amount of times that this draft is one of the most talented that we've seen in a very long time. So it's crucial for Ottawa to keep that pick. And they have four picks in the second round. That's a lot. They could potentially move those picks and acquire something, but I would not trade that fifth round pick away. I mean, unless it's something that blows them out of the water, like it's an amazing trade that they're going to make. But even at that, I, I just, I would not move that fifth overall pick. My thing is that, like, who, like, who would be giving them the right deal? Who, which established team or, like, which team has, like, amazing players that's willing to give up that player for, for a prospect? I think that's a highly unlikely. I don't think any team is going to trade their, like I said, well-established player who, like, they know and love, who gives them whatever they ask of them for a prospect who they can't use until however many years down the line. I mean, obviously they can use them the first season, but are they going to be producing as much as their uh, X player? Highly unlikely. So I think the senators are kind of reaching for a deal here, an unnecessary deal. Cause like Alessia said, the senators is probably one of the very few teams who are in rebuild mode and they need these picks to kind of, build their or start from scratch again and even when you're looking at their picks they have three picks in the first round so one's kind of at the bottom I think it's 28th overall I could be wrong yes. so if you're looking to move a first rounder I would move that one instead of the fifth overall pick because that fifth overall pick in this year's draft I mean I'm not like guaranteeing anything but when you look at the draft that could potentially be another franchise player exactly so I don't know it's I don't think anybody will, in their right mind, really give them, I think, what the Senators are looking for. Whatever a right deal means to them, uh, like, I have no idea. Like, I don't know if that means that they want, um, like, an experienced defenseman, an experienced forward, an experienced goaltender. Um, Yeah, exactly. Like, what are they looking for? Are they looking for an older, more experienced guy if they're trading this fifth round pick? Or are they looking for more, like, prospects? that are up and coming because they are getting like you said this is one of the main teams in the NHL right now that it's like we know they're in a rebuild mode we know that they want to go younger because they have guys like Brady Kachuk right and other guys that are coming up as well so it's like if they trade away this fifth round pick or this like fifth overall pick in the first round what exactly are they looking for I just wouldn't move it yeah I I think I would look to the second round and see their four picks there and potentially move those exactly because then they can move that pick for another prospect or a younger player who has potential to to like be an amazing player or like you said before uh maybe look at trading their last pick in the first round one that isn't so high up and is not as valuable um because if they end up trading this fifth pick I think they're gonna regret it down the line I just I think I think they need these picks and um I really don't understand what they're trying to do by getting 
maybe an older player, experienced player, it's not going to do much. You can't just rely on one player with if the rest of your team is young, inexperienced players who are just starting to to get the to know their way through the league. So it'll be um, it'll be funny to see how that plays out, especially with <laughs> with the draft coming up very very soon. Um, maybe they'll like move what, something the day off. Until the yeah. Round? yeah. Maybe they'll move something the day of. Maybe we'll have one of those, but I don't know. I, I think like we dep- depending on how the first round goes, we'll probably see some moves or depending on the first three or four picks, that'll probably be Ottawa's like kind of like, okay, do we trade this fifth round, this fifth overall pick or not? Exactly. But even at that, like I, I wouldn't. Yeah. You do you, Ottawa. <laughs> if you think <laughs> if you think you're doing the right thing, then okay. But uh, I think we can all agree that they should probably keep these picks, and it's probably in their best interest to have that fifth pick in their pocket. So there are sadly no more games. No more games for us to be like, this is what you have to watch, or this is what you can watch, and we'll be talking about it next week. Makes me sad. But there is a draft, so we will oh, be talking yeah. about that. So prep yourselves for that. That's going to be two days of chaos. <sighs> yeah, prep yourselves for gonna be, everything. Probably going to be a lot of trades and signings as well, because that just surrounds the draft every single year. Yeah, a little sneak peek into next week's show. It's another special. So get excited because <laughs> we certainly are. We love talking about trades. We love talking about prospects, signings. It's our bread and butter. So I hope you guys um, enjoyed this week's episode. There's going to be lots and lots to talk about next week. And we can't wait to talk to you guys next week. And so keep your sticks on the ice. And your heels your on the heels dance on floor. The floor. <laughs> Bye, guys. Bye.